If you have a general idea of like, hey, this is what I should do, and then maybe on the, the mirrored side of that, like what I should do afterwards to kind of cool myself down and get myself feeling good again, like then it's like, even if I'm not then like right there, I literally can't be there to tell you what to do. That way you are autonomous enough to be like, well, this is the event that they just threw at us. Okay, this is kind of what I can do to have an expedited warm up and sort of be feeling okay to actually go and execute fairly well on that, that workout. The fitness movement is brought to you by Zor Fitness. We offer coaching and individualized program design, as well as educational content for coaches and athletes. It's all at one place, ZorFitness.com. The following is a clip from a lecture that I gave in a weightlifting seminar that we held at Lumber Capital Athletics. There was a variety of experience levels from relatively new lifters up to veteran lifters who have much more experience and a higher training age. Unlike a lot of the content I produced, this was specifically geared towards athletes. I hope you enjoy it. Here we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is by no means supposed to be like a one-way thing because I only have so much prepared. So feel free to interject with comments, questions, just like stuff that you guys got. Because yeah, I, I was a teacher, so I don't do very well. No one ever says anything. I'll just be like, all right, moving on. So um, I thought maybe the, the first thing that we could start talking about was like the, the skeleton of like a, a training session, essentially. So. This could be something where like, you're not gonna necessarily have every single one of these elements that I bring up here in a second um, in every session, but if you generally follow that, it will kind of help you be most effective in your sessions. Obviously, if you're someone who does class here, you're like one of my athletes or something, like this is generally what you're gonna see. So it can also be something where you're like, you can kind of point it out as you also see the programming sometimes. This will probably be easiest if we just get into it and start looking at some of the items. So, first, thermo, that's like a warm up, right? It's like temperature, yes. So, getting your, your body core temperature up as well as the, the muscle temperature up. Um, like, your muscles will contract the hardest when they're a little bit above baseline. So, I think I saw in like college or something, it was like 101 or 102 was like a really good temperature for like muscular contraction where like the enzymes are working correctly. So, but basically if we understand that getting heart rate up a little bit is gonna help with, you know, your ability to produce force, to, you know, actually catch and absorb load because your muscles will be more elastic in that position. But then also like you're gonna be lubricating your joints, getting synovial fluid moving. It's like, there's a lot of benefits by just Spending a couple of minutes. It was lubricating. That's what I got it for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like get, getting, uh, just getting moving, right? It doesn't have to be super intense. doesn't have to be super hard, but just starting to move um, a couple of minutes. And honestly, if, especially if you're like weightlifting and like getting heavy, like you ideally would be going very easy in your warm-up because if you're expending a lot of energy there, then it's not gonna be something that you can transfer in your lifts. I'd say like the only exception to that is if you're someone who's pretty well-trained like endurance athlete, that might be a little bit different um, because then you'll be able to tolerate it then and it can actually be maybe a beneficial thing. But if you're someone who's very powerful, 
making sure that you're going easy enough in your warm up, just like on the, the erg that you're at uh, typically, uh, is, is a good thing to, to do. Next would be mobility. So getting into the positions that you actually want to get in. So like we just did a snatch, snatch session. So we got into our overhead position, right? We worked on, you know, like even like as simple as like holding your hands over your head or like doing some things to like open up that position is gonna be super helpful. But when we think about the other positions in the snatch that you need, it's like, okay, you're, you're bent over in your start position. So you need to have the ability to hinge at your hip. You need to be able to extend fully at the very top of that rep. So like a triple extension of ankles, knees, hips fully, and then triple flexion. So bending ankle, knee, and hip, right? So like basically being able to fold all the way down really deep into a squat. And then obviously having that really good overhead position right, where that's really comfy. Same thing with the clean, obviously those kind of all apply, except like front rack. And then when you're overhead, instead of wide, you're a little bit narrower. So it's like a little bit more, just changes the, the position a little bit. So um, if you're doing obviously one movement, it can be really directed. If you're having a bunch of moves that you're doing, you kind of can find like, okay, these are like the, my key positions that I need. And usually that's what it is. It's like, I need to be able to bend over, I need to be able to squat down, I need to be able to have my hands over my head in a really good position. And then it's like maybe some odds and ends besides that. So I'd, usually if you like start with like those three, it's a pretty good foundation to what you're doing. And then obviously like the mobility in like a beginning of a session, like even if we look at like what we did now or like what we typically do at like classes or something, it's usually not like these longer holds like we do at the end. It's usually like maybe 15, 20 seconds, maybe even less. And then oftentimes like we'll do in the second session, it's something that like you, you add like strong contraction on top of that. So for example, if you're like doing like a, an overhead opener, you can really exaggerate like pulling your shoulders open and like squeezing your ribs down really hard. So you're like really active in the position, which then also helps you to, yeah, essentially be able to create tension because that's what you need to do later on in your session anyway, right? Versus like at the end, you're trying to relax and really like be more like, yeah, just like lower tension. You're trying to like let yourself fall into it where it's like, everything's a lot more active at the beginning of a session where you're like really actively trying to get into the best position that you can. You're, you're trying to like basically make yourself get into the position. Whereas at the end it's more passive, right? So it's a lot more like yoga esque at the end, uh, power generation. So it, again, even if you aren't holding your stretches super long, it can have like a, a negative impact on like your power output. So for example, if I had you like hold like a saddle pose for like 10 minutes. And then I was like, all right, hundred meter dash as fast as you can. It's not going to probably go super well. Like you better be off. You'd be way, way, way better off not doing that at all. Right? So obviously if you're doing like a ton of mobility, especially if that's uh, like more calming in nature and you're holding it way longer, it's going to have more of an impact on how you can actually generate power and tension and like rigidity, which is all needed to, to lift really well. So there's, again, some things that you can do to mitigate that in the mobility part, but then also you could either pair that with like plyometric work, lighter lifts where you're intentionally trying to move quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like those are like the biggest things. Like if you can start to like involve like your, your stretch reflex, so like the uh, stretch shortening cycle. So basically things like more like jump squats, like again, some of the bounding activities that we do in class sometimes, um, even like line drills, like high knees and that sort of thing can help with that. Um, and then certainly trying to lift with like intention where sometimes it's good to like lift a little bit slower where you're like making sure that you hit all the exact positions that you need. And other times it's okay if 
provided that you're not like lifting super sloppy to lift like as fast as you can. And like that's sort of the intention behind it, as long as it's not super ugly, right? And then I would say you could probably go into barbell warmups um, and technique drills. Again, all this is gonna like bleed together, right? Like today we did, as we were warming up on the bike or the rower, we were also doing some mobility stuff in between. And then it was like, okay, we were doing our barbell warmup, but we're also like making sure that we're reclining the range of motion that we need. So it's kind of like all like, it can blend together. It doesn't have to be like, okay, I do this. And then I stop doing that and I go to the next thing. But then also like, you're probably not gonna have, like I said, all of these in every single session. Likely you probably will have quite a bit of a barbell stuff. If you have a barbell and later on, you're probably gonna have a barbell in your warmup. It makes sense. But then also like, if you have like one specific thing, like technique wise that you know that you like it, it's always gonna be there for you, then you can also like have like your like pet exercises that you use that you can like throw in there as well. And I think like oftentimes like it's easy to like blame a coach for that. Like, oh, that wasn't like, you know, this thing wasn't in my program, so I'm just not doing it. Where it's like, sometimes it's helpful if you're like, you take ownership for what you're doing and it's like, hey, I feel like I need like an extra thing to like feel like my movement's like crisp and good. Then it's like, it's your responsibility to, to do that. So like, if Kristen needs some extra push presses before she jerks, because that helps her feel really crisp when she gets overhead, then it's like, hey, throw those in, make them, you know, move with intention, like move the bar well, and like that can help you feel ready to, to lift. And like here, I'd also say like you can do a lot of variations. Like it doesn't have to be like, okay, I'm snatching, so I'm doing full snatches for all the stuff. Like we were doing slow pulls, we were doing some high pulls, we were doing power snatches, we were doing, you can do squat snatches from like the hang, like again, like, the more advanced of a lifter that you are, you're probably gonna do more of that stuff. If you're just learning it, you're probably just gonna like try to like make this thing look exactly the same every single time. Um, but as you get more advanced, you'll probably wanna include more variation because you also know like, hey, these variations help me feel good when I go to actually lift. And then you'll build in the actual building sets. So like doing the stuff that you wanna do, just lighter and then slowly building up. Um, I think people are generally pretty good about that. Then your working sets. So this is, Oftentimes, a lot of this stuff up to here really gets skipped for a lot of people and like this is A, right? It's like, okay, A is five by three snatch or something like that. Um, and then oftentimes this, it's not a lot of stuff before that. So yeah, I mean, I, I try to in, involve obviously building that out for classes, building that out for my athletes, but also <sighs> there are times where like it's fine if you add stuff in or even cut stuff out, frankly, because sometimes you don't need another a round of something and you're like, I'm feel ready. I just want to move on. So that's okay too. Again, it's all about taking ownership for it and making sure that you're, you're ready to go and perform at your best. Uh, so again, actually completing the work and then likely like, for example, if it was like snatch, you could also have like a secondary lift afterwards, which, you know, in a weightlifting session could be like clean and jerk, right? Which isn't really necessarily a secondary lift, but it's like after the first lift. But oftentimes this would be like more assistance things. So for example, if you did snatches, maybe you do snatch pulls, maybe you do snatch balances, maybe you do, I don't know, behind the neck jerks or something, right? In a snatch grip. So there's obviously like a ton of stuff and that's usually like directed to the stuff that you need to get better at, generally speaking. And then also like I would, obviously that that, that could be considered like an accessory exercise, but I think oftentimes accessories is more like, more like bodybuilding stuff or like midline, like stuff that's a little bit more directed and focused. Whereas like the secondary lifts are more like supporting your primary lifts or your working sets. And it's more about like a movement versus like hitting like a specific like muscle group per se. And then you'll go into more endurance or capacity. So basically it's like 
the power is like the furthest on the one end of the spectrum. Strength is sort of like a mix of like a, you know, creating a lot of load, but then also you're trying to move it quickly. And then these are like further to the right, right? Where it's like you're now extending out the duration. So it requires less potential like neural input. And there's a little bit like, again, if you're getting more tired, it's probably okay if it impacts your endurance work. Again, there's special cases for that, right? If you're an endurance athlete, you might want to just completely flip that whole thing because you care about the endurance stuff and maybe all the strength stuff is secondary or like in a separate session. So you can always like split this stuff up, but generally doing stuff that is more capacity based, it's okay because the quality of that will still be generally pretty high. Whereas if you try to flip that and it's only like, for example, you're, you do like really hard conditioning work and then you go to lift afterwards, the lifting quality probably won't be there you probably just won't feel great. Like Riley overhead squatted after she did name game today. <laughs> like she did, she did well, but like it wouldn't be like what it could be if it was flipped around basically. Right. And again, it's fine if it's blunted sometimes, but you probably don't want to get in the habit of doing that all the time, especially not in more of an off season type building phase. And then joint health and mobility work. So this is really boring stuff that a lot of people just skip. But again, if you want to lift over the long term and not just like, you know, come in, lift heavy and then feel like garbage after you are three weeks into a cycle, then you should probably do some more of this stuff. Again, in class, this is like vegetables. I give a lot of like joint health, mobility, like really easy aerobic stuff on like recovery days for a lot of my athletes. So just making sure that you get that in and you don't skip it a lot of times is super helpful. And usually people like know what things or types of things they could be doing. It's just usually they don't do them as frequently as they should. So it's just a matter of being diligent about that. And if like, it's fine if it's a hobby and you don't really want to take a lot of time to do it. But even if it's a hobby, like you probably want to keep doing it. So it's probably a good idea to, to make sure that you, you show up on those days. And that could be something as simple as like, sometimes we'll have like Thursday in here for classes is like a little bit of a lower day, like not as intense It's usually more erg based. And then maybe some like lighter lifting or stuff that's more form focused. And it's like, hey, maybe we don't skip those days because <laughs> maybe there's not a ton of CrossFit on that day and a lot of people just skip it. So pretend like you have a coach, even if you don't, right? People are, most people in here either have a coach or they're in classes, which, you know, that's still being written out for you. So you have a very clear skeleton. You have a floor coach plus the person who's writing it. So in that instance, whether you're doing an individualized session or a, a class, why is it maybe still important to know that? that general skeleton, big picture. Liz. Cause not every single thing is always written into your workout plan. Yeah, and that, that's, that's very true. Like what, like what I was saying before, like sometimes you need extra stuff. Like, okay, maybe I didn't know that you like slept on your shoulder weird last night and now you need some extra little like rotations and like overhead openers and stuff to feel really good before you go to jerk. It's like, yeah, just do that, right? Like add that in. Um, and then it's also helpful to like, oh, I should probably do that before I start like my barbell warm up, right? Not that you couldn't like say like, oh, I'm in the middle of my warm up, I don't feel great. Go take some time to do that and come back. But generally knowing, okay, this is sort of where maybe that should fit into this overall big picture. Other scenarios that we think might be good to know. Aside from endurance and capacity work, 
obviously in, in my case, if I don't do all of that stuff, I can't even make it to the fourth day of the week. Yeah. I like literally my body is just like, mm -hmm. nope. Yeah. And, and likely like you can probably start like, for example, if you did like the first half of this, you'll feel pretty good like the day of, but then like later in the week, like if you don't do a lot of the joint health mobility stuff, like you'll start feeling like trash. Whereas if you start sort of like at the building sets or like empty barbell and just sort of run your way through, like you'll feel like trash when you actually go to lift and like you just will be like, oh, this position feels terrible today. My lifts feel off. Even if it doesn't really like impact you over the long term necessarily as much. Obviously there's consequences on either side about skipping anything, but yeah, it's a good point. There's definitely times where like, I've had less accessory work and haven't used my own intuition because I'm just getting a session done and going to work and hustle and bustle. And there's times where like I'll have like weeks in like a cycle where I'm just like, why do I feel like trash every yeah. day? And it literally is just something as simple as doing more than like what's prescribed for me. So if I don't do that stuff, it, it affects like my training cycle like overall mm -hmm. like for a long term for me. Yeah. And that's like, Oftentimes, like it, it's the easiest thing for like people to be like, I made it A through F, coach, but I didn't do G because yeah. I ran out of time. Yeah. Like I had to go to work, whatever. Like, like oftentimes it's like legitimate excuses. But like at the end of the day, like if if you want to treat yourself in a like more than it just being like, hey, this is something that I enjoy doing. Like, even if you just want to keep doing it long-term, like you, you kind of have to put some time into it besides that. So another scenario that I thought of is like for a lot of my athletes who go to compete somewhere in weightlifting, right? You know, generally where your lifts are going to be. Like these are probably going to be roughly where my three attempts are at. That might shift a little bit if you like have the, the strength and you can game a little bit um, where other people are at. But in CrossFit, like there's a lot of events where, maybe not a lot, but there's events where the, the actual details of the event might not get announced until like you have to basically warm up and do it right then and there. So like having an idea of like, hey, like my coach often writes like this like cyclical warm up for a little bit and then I kind of stretch out a little bit and then I sort of like start practicing you know, the actual thing that I'm doing. And then maybe I go through a little bit more of an intense piece, almost like a rehearsal round. And then I feel pretty good to go. Right. If you have a general idea of like, Hey, this is what I should do. And then maybe on the, the mirrored side of that, like what I should do afterwards to kind of cool myself down and get myself feeling good again. Like then it's like, even if I'm not then like right there, I literally can't be there to tell you what to do. That way you are autonomous enough to be like, well, this is the event that they just threw at us. Okay, this is kind of what I can do, have an expedited warm up and sort of be feeling okay to actually go and execute fairly well in that, that workout. You guys have questions about any of this? Again, not every single one's gotta be there for every session, but having that rough idea. Thanks for listening today. If you're someone who just found the show, I would encourage you to subscribe so you can stay up to date. If you're someone who's been listening for a while and enjoying what you're hearing, I would encourage you to leave a rating or review for the show. It would definitely help us out. And lastly, if you're someone who does take your fitness seriously and cares about your performance deeply, I would encourage you to look into hiring one of our coaches. Until next time, stay the course.